Hello, and welcome to TARDIS Tropes. My name's David, I'm your companion. And I'm your co-companion, Hannah. And we've, as usual, have our special guest companion. It's me, Victor. Um, yeah, all right. Well, we're here to talk about the the New Year's special that just dropped. Happy 2022, everybody. We made it. We survived. <laughs> Yep, and as a reward, we get yet another Chris Chibnall Dalek New Year's special. Our <laughs> third a, in as many years. Not a not a fan of the Daleks. Well, I just feel like I'm in a bit of a time loop, a bit of deja vu, <laughs> uh, because it's just the same thing over and over again. But there is, of course, a twist this time in that we are experiencing a time loop okay. in a warehouse or in a storage, storage unit. Uh, facility unit facility yeah so um, it's different i'll i'll say this i know in the past that we've complained that chibnall new year's specials like there's no such thing as a new year's special like right none of, they all just like happen to take place on new year's i think this one is actually a new year's special it's a New Year's special. You Took know? him three tries, but he finally figured out what, what it means to be a New <laughs> Year's special. He did it. He, I, 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 you know, we'll get to whether or not this, this, uh, the conceit of the episode actually works, where they're looping, but every time the loop goes forward one more minute in time. Um, but it's a it's, premise. It's, it's a countdown. It's a it's, countdown. It's in a New real years. premise, and it's, it's. I understand. I, I get it. Like I, I, I can imagine the pitch meeting for this episode, which I can't really say for most Chibnall seasons. Like, <laughs> well, I really understand well, the pitch for this episode because, of course, this episode was produced on a much limited budget compared to Flux, while also, you know, like Flux, filming during UK COVID filming restrictions. Mm-hmm. So setting it in a storage facility that is one, basically one b- building, a couple of sets to dress... Um, and the dressing is just buying Christmas and New Year's decorations. Um, that is a huge. Uh, th- that is hugely important to this episode functioning because it's a lot of shooting, but it's shooting a lot of the same things. But I, I think it really works. The smaller setting, it gives it a sense of intimacy mm-hmm. and focus, and like that, I think otherwise would have been lost. Yeah, I think it draws immediate comparison to 42, another Chibnall episode. It's much better than 42. But so much better than 42. Yeah, so much better than 42. Well, that remains to be discussed. (laughs) So let's let's go through and give our general impressions of this this New Year's special. Eve of the Daleks. This is the best thing Chris Chimnall's ever written. Easy. That's, easily. That's, easily. Wow. That's and my opinion. Like, I know I know I come on this podcast and like every week because Chibnall started off so bad and he's slowly gotten better. So every week I'm like, you know, this is actually the best Chibnall episode yet. <laughs> this is actually the best Chibnall episode yet. It is the first time where if the episode had been in a Moffat season or a Russell season, I still would have thought it was like a relative highlight of the season. It's it's in the top half of the season. I would have thought that's a good episode, you know? It's fun. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's it, a, it was engaging. It's memorable. Liked, right, it's memorable. I liked these characters. Yeah. I feel like, you know, it didn't have a lot of the, like, classic Chibnall, like, pitfalls of, like, okay, now, you know, like, the quiet moments 
uh, where people are talking still felt, like, useful and, like, plot was happening and it didn't just feel like, okay, now we're taking five minutes to sit over here and have a conversation that we'll never reference again, you know? Like, <laughs> okay. yeah. So, so So better Dalek episode than Asylum? Yes, yes, for sure, Wait. for sure. I mean, this is the best Dalek episode since Dalek, in my opinion. If you don't count the Davros two-parter in uh, season eight, I mean, season nine, definitely. Okay. I don't like most Dalek episodes. <laughs> I like this okay, one. interesting. Hannah, do you have a, a good comparison episode for this one? Um, oof. Because I think saying this is the... I think saying this is the second best Dalek episode ever made in New Who, that's a pretty extreme statement. So I, I, just, I think that kind I, of spells Not for out. me, because there's not that many I, Electors. I mean, okay, I definitely don't think it's the second best Dalek episode. Do you think this episode's better than Evolution of the Daleks, the one in the 1920s with Andrew Garfield? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, all right. So I've gotten some... I, I think I have a better idea of where you're you're placing this uh episode and i just thought it was a load of crap thought, <laughs> thought it was a bunch of crap i had a lot of trouble switching my brain off the my brain that wants things to have clear and understandable stakes and clear and understandable consequences to people's actions but I think, uh, mm-hmm. and uh and for everything to sort of be linked in that way whereas in this episode, there's a lot of running around and a lot of action, mm-hmm. and it's there's a lot of great character bits, character moments, but I didn't feel like the plot held together um, I think under you're, scrutiny. I think you're probably right, but in the era of just, like, cardboard cutout Chibnall characters, like, this was a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I mean, you know? All right. Every character So I think good. one of the things that I would have to say is that I've I've read a couple of reviews of this, and I've, I've uh, watched some video reviews, and no one can agree on what the actual rules of this thing are, and what the things are to nitpick. You okay. know, because they can't decide what is actually happening. So I think we should go into an actual beat-by-beat breakdown. Okay. Um, which I've I've done the courtesy of sending you my Descent into Madness, where I rewatched this episode pausing and timing certain <laughs> scenes to try and figure out it, what was going you're on. You're watching hey. it like a... <laughs> People should subscribe to our Patreon if they want access to this document. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so to start, we have the first loop. The time is 11.51 p.m. (laughs) Sarah is the owner and proprietor of Elf Storage. Nick is her apparently only customer, paying customer. Question mark. Yeah. Question mark. Um, who is also creepily obsessed with her and wants to take her on a sweet date. And so he brings a Monopoly board in to to store um which i don't really think makes sense uh and this is definitely a nitpick but (laughs) he's saying i you know broke up with this girl and the only thing that she left in your apartment was a monopoly set I guess. What was your relationship? I I don't understand. They went on two dates and she brought them. No clothing no, you know, no hairbrush, no, like, toothbrush, nothing. It could, you went on a date and she left her Monopoly set? Yeah, that doesn't track it to could me. be that. I yeah. think he's making it up. He's making up most of these girlfriends. 
But that's, you know, that can be explained away with my headcanon that he's never actually been on a date with anyone. (laughs) Fair enough. Somehow less creepy than the reality of him having dated. Yeah, I I will say the only gripe I have about the characters, because I do think these are by far the most memorable and just likable Chibnall, like, side one-off characters that we've seen so far. Is just that, yeah, like, he gets away too easily with the line of, like, oh, those are just, like, my ex-girlfriend's things. Yeah, that's why I have an entire locker storage filled with women. I definitely right. didn't, like, chop them up. Like, trust. Murder. Are we yeah. discounting, like, historical figures in that? I mean, like, I think Tesla was pretty decently written. I, I, I think I don't know. That, I don't know. Uh, I, I liked. I, I like these side characters, characters and that I have enjoyed. I, I was actively like getting nervous that they would die. Like I, I found myself being like, okay. "Oh, yeah. I really hope they don't die." Yeah. All right. Well, that alone can create more stakes sometimes than like the plot itself. It's just yeah. having characters that you like. Um, so I, I appreciate that. So next, we see the Doctor in the TARDIS uh, working on TARDISness. You know, pretty generic type of opening uh but she's like seven seconds we have to get out of the tardis or else we'll all die and i'm just like why would you do this while in flight first of all yeah and with your companions in the tardis it's very <laughs> that is very irresponsible doctor i do not like you <laughs> <laughs> but i will say technically in character yeah, yeah, for this one, but not for other. I mean, doctors, other doctors could do something yeah. that reckless. They're they're yeah. a reckless bunch. But there would be, I don't know, but still, there would be some kind it's of an... pointing that out. Like, couldn't you have dropped us off before hitting the reset button? Yeah. Also, like, if she could have done this at any time, like, why didn't she like during the events of Flux? I don't. I, 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 don't I think know. it's like a you know, it's a spring cleaning more than like a anything yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> Right, also, she's a chronic procrastinator. She does confirm that there are still like random TARDIS doors just like around. So no, yeah, maybe that'll come back. Yeah. I guess, but we don't see them anywhere. I'm like, where are these doors? Anyway, no, no, no. She only acknowledges the extra TARDIS doors in the first scene where she resets. Right, they're right. not there at the end. Right, but I didn't even see them in the first scene. Is what I'm saying. But they were in previous episodes. I mean, that was the thing. It's, it's... it's poorly shot. <laughs> um. Okay. So the next thing that we see is we cut to Nick in the storage unit. Daleks appear outside after this red light goes on. The red light never happens again. Uh, yeah, it it's does. just this random. Not every time. Hmm. Hey, but that could be an editing thing because it's not going to be like it's just like an establishing shot, you know. Okay, but there's just no real reason why the red lights go yeah. on in particular. It's just um, for being ominous. <laughs> Because it's ominous. Um, yeah. So then Nick goes out into the hallway. A Dalek whoosh appears right next to him. We know that this is the case. The Dalek asks him who he is and then kills him. Um, then we get the four minutes to midnight phone call from Sarah's mother. This is a running gag that Sarah's mom calls four minutes before midnight because she thinks the lines will be busy, which was a thing that used to happen Mm -hmm. back when there were actually analog phone lines. Okay, (laughs) so then the doctor, having heard the blast or sensed the blast with the sonic or something, runs upstairs to find Nick's dead body um, and then identifies it immediately as a Dalek wound, goes uh, downstairs only to find that a Dalek has already come down the elevator and killed Sarah, right? Mm-hmm. The the doctor is like, 
what are you doing, Dalek? Why can't I defeat you with my sonic screwdriver? And they're like, we're, we're tracking you here. You know, we're going to kill you. And then they, they die. Mm-hmm. Not like this, she says. Yeah. Now we're on to loop two. This is the this is the one that breaks all the rules. So I'm not <laughs> even sure if it's like canon. <laughs> because in this one, they don't respawn to the same place that they later do. Are you sh- right? Where do they respawn? Uh, Nick responds downstairs talking to but it's Sarah because a minute. in order it's to a, establish. Yeah, it's where you are because... in a, a minute in. That is not the case. That is wrong. You're incorrect. <laughs> so. <laughs> wow. So they they respawn in the lobby this time, which is where they were at 11.52. That's correct. Okay. And they respawn in the middle of their conversation and then go their separate ways. Nick goes upstairs. She stays downstairs. The, the doctor responds downstairs and they have like a bit of a, a discussion about hey, doesn't this all feel a bit familiar? Like, are we doing a time loop episode? Are we doing a Groundhog Day? And the answer is yes. Yes. Um, so <laughs> when Nick realizes it's a time loop, he runs to save Sarah because he assumes that she will be in danger. But he doesn't really know that the robot was a danger to her. He just knows it's a danger to him. So really, she should be just running away. But that's okay. That's like a character thing. And then... Uh, Sarah tries to escape via the front door. We find out there's a force field. She runs to get a weapon uh, upstairs, which is to set up this character beat that, like, she didn't have the instinct to go save Nick. Uh, she had the instinct to save herself, which is just... Uh, that's just something they tell us, basically. Um, I mean, I think it's it's shown, too. I mean, everything she does early on is very selfish and, like, self-interested. Right. Um, okay. So in this one, the Dalek predicts that they're going to do this, and the Dalek goes down the elevator instead of appearing in front of Nick and kills Nick downstairs first, then <laughs> then waits for the doctor to find where Nick's body should be and then go downstairs, kills them there, and then goes up. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm mixing things up again. The talent goes down the elevator, which it's for some reason appeared upstairs and then went downstairs. It kills Nick. Then it goes upstairs to kill Sarah after Sarah has gone and looked in all of Jeff's rooms to find all this stuff. And then it goes back downstairs to kill the doctor and friends. Right? I I couldn't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just I think I think it's like interesting that we're supposed to be setting up that the Dalek is like clever and predicting people's behaviors, but it is not actually acting in an efficient way. If it were being efficient, it would go to the exact same place that it did on the first loop and it would kill Nick and then wait for Sarah to come up and then it would kill the doctor uh, when the doctor came to check on Nick's body. And that would be the most efficient. I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't. It'd be I think, efficient, but like, it wouldn't be fun. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, so maybe it's doing. Well, it I mean, for also, fun. also okay. the other. The, so well, loop. The, the other thing is that the Daleks want to kill the Doctor on the final iteration, so they could let the Doctor. No, this is you're totally wrong about this, and this is just something that you've I made up. I don't think this is true. I think that's that's the stakes. That's <laughs> let's continue okay. with the loop, and I'll explain to you why that is impossible. Why that's impossible? Okay. okay. Oh my it's, gosh. He, so, Victor, explain what you think. So, the story what is, I think the thing is is. Each time the loop gets shorter by one minute, that is established. They right. need, uh, like the, the, the there is a set number of iterations then, and yes. the the thing that is is like they need to get a, a plan to escape, but they also like can't have after they escape have it be looped back into them still being there because the Daleks right. will then you're know saying their plan it of automatically loops back at midnight. Yes, or a, first of all, that's never shown. Yeah, so you have no way. It's never stated out loud. And third of all, there are things that happen that directly contradict it. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think it automatically goes back to, at midnight either. No. Do they ever survive past what midnight? What they say is that we have to survive until midnight. No. And they, they, have, but they, they have a shorter amount of time to defeat the Daleks each time because yeah. of midnight. But then what's up with... Um, the, 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 okay, I, I, like, not to skip ahead too much, but like the final iteration, the whole like decoy thing doesn't make any sense otherwise. That was just to just to make it so that they can be a hundred percent sure that it's going to work, because at right before she does the decoy plan, she's saying, "This is the one we're going to do it on." Then the Daleks like somehow predict that, kill them all instantly, and then she's like, "Okay, we need to rethink this." Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to fail this round one more time, do a decoy round, and then we can be sure that it'll work. I mean, and that, that's really dumb in that case. Like, is that, that doesn't make it sense. It is. And this is why I can't my, turn my, my brain off, because it would be much sense. easier to write an episode that made sense than to make sense of this episode. <laughs> um, if I was starting from scratch, I could I could write an episode that made sense quicker I mean, than, it takes, <laughs> than it took to go through multiple times. All of that. Um, so now we're on loop three, and this is where things really start to fall apart. So <laughs> Nick is already upstairs, right? But the doctor still appears right outside the TARDIS, even though they immediately ran to go to, to go see Nick's mm. body that wasn't there. So the doctor really should at least be in the elevator or on the stairs. Yeah. The, those are the two options if the rule holds that you were saying yeah, they yeah. appear where they were the previous iteration at that minute mark. Um, now, the other option, which I think is still viable at this point, is that they go back to where they were on the first loop at that time in that minute. Mm. But that's going to be broken. Really fast. <laughs> next loop. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that's going to be broken by like the fourth loop, where they're still going back to where they were the the third loop yeah <laughs> and they just keep going back there over and over again and never going anywhere else <laughs> so okay they just completely lose track of where where it actually loops back to now the yeah. other thing that i yeah. can turn my brain off for and i think this is also significant is why does it reset when they die yeah and then they all come back at the same time this, shouldn't this... they come back immediately where no, are no, they but, but th in space and time during the time that they're dead. They're dead. They're dead. It's, it's like a... Because I mean, from your conscious perspective, once you're dead, like, you're going to go back to the, the 555. I don't understand what you right, mean but, by instantaneous. Because it's just like... But what I'm saying is, like, the Doctor, Yaz, Dan, Sarah, and Nick have to die in order for it to reset. 
right? Yes. But it doesn't require any of the Daleks to die to reset or a specific time to be uh, hit. It just resets once they're all dead. Are you sure? Are you sure it's not the midnight thing? Because I, it makes so much more sense if it's the midnight thing. It makes so much more sense. But it's not the midnight thing. But they never say that. Here's the thing. I think what I don't understand is like, why is this time loop happening? It's happening because the TARDIS wanted it to happen. It's the TARDIS okay. reset thing going on. Got it. Got it. All right. The TARDIS did it on purpose using the reset as its catalyst thing. Okay. So right. that I understood um, because it's just the it's the go-to. You sure. know? <laughs> the TARDIS If you need an episode it. to happen, the TARDIS wanted them to go there because it knew they had to be there. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Same thing for why does it take place in elf storage, you know? Right. Because that is where the TARDIS knew they needed to go in order to survive. <laughs> and to get those two crazy kids together. And, to, yes, and because that's very important as well, is, is the TARDIS believes in love. Um, what I really don't understand is why the place was called elf storage. I don't either. Was it supposed to be a Christmas It's not a Christmas episode. I think episode. it's just a joke. I think it's, it's obviously just a, really a New Year's bad episode. Joke. I mean, I think it's just like he's... It's not a joke. He's, he, How could it be a joke? I, look, here's what I think happened. I think Chris Chibnall had the thing <laughs> as self-storage, and then he spilled his coffee, yeah. and it, it blurted <laughs> out the ass, and he thought... Storage. And he said, elf storage. Now, that's a good one. Let me write that down. <laughs> Now, like, it would be a joke if this were a Christmas episode, right? right. Because elves are something in Christmas. Also, yeah. if this were an elf story of some kind, <laughs> wherein they were being attacked by elves instead of Daleks, <laughs> it would also be a joke. But it's not a yeah. joke. It's just a misspelling of the word self. Yeah. Uh, so, dumb. Uh, <laughs> so, we're still in loop three. Okay. This is the one where Nick and Sarah run into each other on the first floor. I don't know where the Dalek is at this point and why it does not go there, you know? The the Dalek then, uh, like, rounds a corner. Like, it doesn't teleport right where they are. It teleports sort of near them and then kind of goes around a corner to shoot at them. And they run away. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the Doctor has also showed up by this point, and they go into a storage unit. Now, this is where we establish... That it takes two minutes for a Dalek to burn through a metal door. (laughs) And yet they never utilize (laughs) this tactic ever (laughs) to as a stall tactic as anything. The fact that they cannot go through metal doors. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just generally, I think that is one of the sillier moments where it's just like, I I understand it. I I don't, it doesn't bother me because it is just like, you know, suspension of disbelief, but... It's right. it's like come on these are the deadliest things in the world and that's like a flimsy little like thing you roll down. Yeah, this was um probably one of my favorite Jodie Whittaker line readings though when she says an old door. Yeah, yeah, that was good. <laughs> the Daleks have finally defeated their greatest enemy, an old, an old door. door. <laughs> it's it's not a great line, but it is a fantastic line reading. Um, it really gets me. Um, so the Dalek eventually burns through the door. Well, actually, what it does first is it waits around a corner (laughs) for someone to come out of the thing, which they do. (laughs) You know, Nick comes out and is like, kill me, I guess, because I'm (laughs) depressed because the girl I like just told me I'm a weirdo and that I, uh, you know, it's it's my fault she's gonna die. Okay, but where's the lie? 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's a lovable weirdo. Um, but so for some reason the Dalek like left the door at that point to like come back out and scare them, I guess, and then shoots him dead. They close the door again, and then it starts burning through the door. So stupid Dalek, very. I dumb. think the Dalek didn't know they were in that storage container. I think that's... no, it did. That's really it watched them go in. The uh, reason that they went in the storage container is because he was firing at them. Right. He he, he might not have yeah. very good depth perception, so he didn't know which storage <laughs> container it was until they, they popped out. Right. Know? Right. Yeah. They only have um, one eye, so they shouldn't have depth perception. So we still don't really have like a plan by this point because we're kind of stalling for time a little bit. But at least the plan becomes we're not going to survive this round, so we'll regroup next time. And I thought that was <laughs> so fun. Luke I thought four. that was a fun way out. Like I thought that was a fun realization in the episode when they when they do yeah. that scene. It's it's a fun bit. It's like, the, what, there's always a way out, there's no way out, what's the way out this time, we die, and then we're just gonna loop back. Like, and it's early enough right, in the episode you, that it's still It doesn't not. really require anything of the... No, no, but it's... No, no, but I'm just saying, as a, as a script, as a, store, as a viewer, it was a fun little, like, right. using She's of the gaining convention. more information. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, but a cl- it's information that should be self-evident. Right. It, I mean, it's a classic time loop. Yeah, yeah. You know, anyone who has any familiarity with time loop stories... Which like well, this is my problem. He's relying on our familiarity with time loop stories and skipping all of the actual work that goes I into don't... them. You know, something like Russian Doll, or you know, we did a whole episode uh, of talking tropes, talking yeah. about like a lot of great examples of Groundhog Day episodes and some not so great examples. <laughs> um, but there's always like a lot of work well, that goes into establishing the rules of it, even if it's true. like supernatural rules. Mm-hmm. I I just don't think that this episode really need like I, I I think it could have used a little bit more especially on like the what exactly the end goal what like why couldn't they just escape in one duration and then just leave thing because yeah, that doesn't really make sense um right well maybe they're trying to which is what I think they're doing and they're just failing because <laughs> they're bad because here they're my interpretation is that they're trying to do it until the doctor realizes that they're gonna keep looping until they the final iteration so they have to get out of right. the final that, that may well be the case I, I don't know but i know that it doesn't loop again automatically at midnight yeah because on the final loop they survive past midnight. midnight yeah yeah but that's the final loop so it doesn't reset on midnight because it's the final loop each time the origin point moves one minute closer so when there's only one minute left after that iteration it's over because it starts where it but ends. then i don't understand why why don't they just die over and over yeah. again until they get to the last because one if they and then die, hide no, out. No, no, because if they die on the last iteration, the Daleks win. Like, the Daleks, I think, are just basically right, but information the, gathering. But you think that the... But why don't they just die, like, every time un, until the decoy, do a decoy where they well, go upstairs well, and then go downstairs well, for well, one minute. Then if they survive that one well, minute to midnight, then they're Because first free. they're trying to find a way out, and then once they find a way out and they're implementing the plan, then is when the Doctor realizes, oh, wait, this ha- we have to save this until the final iteration because otherwise they're going to know how we get out. But she didn't mean, like, the final iteration and then that there will be no, a no, because, final... Yes, because there's only one minute one left. Each, there's two minutes left. No, 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 but she... But she, they were originally planning to get out, like, several loops earlier. Yeah, yeah, and then she cancels right. that, and she's like, everybody stop doing what you're doing. Come back down to the right. basement. Right, but she cancels that because the Daleks are, like, foiling their plans, not because she's like, oh, duh, we just have to survive past midnight. Like, I, I mean, I think it's that she's realizing that the Daleks will know their plan and foil it if 
they loop again. It's just not right. Stated. Exactly. It's but possible it's not... that that is what Chibnall intended, but it's it's not made clear. First of all, because I've not heard anyone else make this claim in their recaps or reviews of the episode. Yeah, I didn't have. And that it's it's just either. very confusing. I think you're probably right that the episode would make more sense if they stated that explicitly. Yeah. And you're probably right that that could have been in Chibnall's head when he wrote the episode, and that he specifically wrote the Doctor not figuring that out until the second to last loop. Um, but it's just not in the script. Right. Well, you know? As someone who enjoyed this episode, I will continue to use it as my headcanon, because it makes a lot, <laughs> it makes a, it makes a lot yeah. more sense uh, yeah. if you um, without it. Right. But the things that still don't make sense are, you know... In loop four, the doctor appearing yeah, back where, where she started yeah, again. Yeah, the, the the where they're starting over your right doesn't make sense, and I think it's part it's partially just because they got too he was the rule is too ambitious. Like the fact that you're going forward a minute earlier is just too confusing in terms of placement, because it's like where where were you? Right. Where, like if it's always at like right. eleven fifty five, well yeah, it's where you were at eleven fifty five always, but after that <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense because it's like okay eleven fifty four, but of which loop? 11, all right, 11.56, but of which loop? 11.57, right. of which loop? And what I've deduced is that it cannot be the previous loop, it cannot be the first loop, and it can't even be two loops ago. Like, there's no rule that you could apply to this right. where it would make sense each and every time. It, it'll make sense every time. If you think it's that they teleport back to where they were, <laughs> if you take that it's where that they teleport back to where they were the first loop, um... The only one that doesn't work is the second loop, which is really confusing. <laughs> <laughs> and if you think that it's that they teleport to where they were the previous loop, um, it it almost never works <laughs> because they almost always immediate the doctor immediately runs off and gets you know a minute towards where she's going right. and then still ends up back All at right, the target. My headcanon is loop two was a dream and it's the final. Iteration. Yeah, I think loop two was in fact a dream. I think there's no evidence to suggest that it was not a dream and it's the only loop where they're like whoa is this deja vu well because after that they've figured it out so you no longer yeah. need to do that scene so Chibnall just doesn't write it now one possible headcanon is that Mick is being teleported back down there each time and we're not seeing that they go through that whole song and dance that whole scene before they realize uh <laughs> just exactly that it's another loop <laughs> before their memories clear up. That is one way around this. <laughs> that that despite that we're not being shown it, each time they're taking a minute to just go. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't. But that, make that's any not sense. possible because the last one they only have a minute, so they can't they can't spend a minute doing that. <laughs> okay, so but that's See? okay because the last one it doesn't need to be only a minute. Remember, because it doesn't loop back at midnight. <laughs> Yeah, because but when the you get there, in fact, the last loop takes so much longer than a minute. It takes it takes ages. <laughs> um, but okay, let's keep going. So now we're hitting our my next major gripe, which I think is major because I think the Daleks should be understandable in their motivations, in their in their priorities. Sure. And so the Dalek in this one immediately teleports right behind Sarah in reception. Hmm. So, first of all, I think it's not super believable, or at least not super threatening, that she can just run to the elevator and wait for it to close, 
and that that works. I mean, but that's often the case with the. I and mean, one of the things that I thought was funny was that like so often it's the case that Daleks are like talking, like the Doctor's talking directly in front of the Daleks, and like they're not shooting at them. Um, and I th- right, well, they're and, trying to gain more well, information. Well, and this episode has like a weird sort of headcan that's like you know the time that like the Doctor is like waving uh the, like the screwdriver at the Daleks. Oh, they're actually like jamming the weapons or whatever. Like it, it, it Chris Chimelon inserted some of his own headcanon into this episode <laughs> with that line. But then yeah, it it it's it not. It is ignored later on because, like, yeah, these characters are just not getting killed by the Daleks at all. Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like, I, I just don't understand. If the Daleks can teleport in, I mean, I understand that we're not really shown definitively that they can teleport from room to room, although it is implied that they can. They, they for some reason, when they teleport in, do not always teleport in right behind the per- people that they're trying to right. kill or right in front of them or right where they're running to, I mean, you know, like I, I, as we add more and more Daleks into this, into this, you know, loop, it becomes more and more implausible, I, both that our heroes survive and that they don't just all teleport to spots that it would be impossible to survive without crossing. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the adding of Daleks adds like, I think you're right. I think it, it's not really something that bothers me because it's just something that, like, well, yeah, the Dalek, like, it kind of has to happen for the story. <laughs> the Daleks don't immediately kill them in two seconds. Right, but you could have but, written a story where yeah, that I, wasn't I agree the case. that it could have been. What I would have done if to do, like, the increase in Daleks throughout the story as a way of upping the stakes is just have a line about how, like, the Daleks were actually already there and they're all looping with them. Again, because I would have added the midnight thing. <laughs> but, but. <laughs> It, the ad, right, the fact you could that add that because they survive each time, right. when they loop back, there's already one of them there. Right. And that they're actually the same Dalek yeah, yeah, five yeah. times yeah, yeah, or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. That, yeah. that would be a crazy upping of the stakes yeah. because each time you would have a minute less and, and you would have exactly one, one more Dalek, Dalek yeah, yeah. each time. Yeah, I think that would have been good. Okay, But that's he a didn't want to write that title. because that would be something that he would have to keep track of and it's difficult. So he didn't yes. do that. Oh, I mean, he could barely, he can't, as you've clearly demonstrated i think <laughs> like he can barely keep track of where people are you know in a loop right like so right. i'm not saying it's impossible that that was an editing thing but like as executive producer or whatever his role is like he should he should have his eye on that. yeah um okay so <laughs> anyway sarah runs upstairs uh you know goes where nick is hiding there's two Daleks. We we're, we become aware that there's two Daleks. One is in reception that was attacking Sarah, and one is upstairs trying to get Nick. Um, so Dan goes to reception to stall the Dalek in a scene that I just find completely unhumorous in every way. But feel free to disagree with me. I, I mean, I like Dan, you know. I don't. <laughs> I, I like Dan so much better than Ryan and Graham. I, like yeah. it's, it's, I think he's very similar to Ryan and. Oh Graham. no! I mean, I don't like him I as much as better, as like any other companion per se, like of the Russell or Moffat ones. But I do. I don't know. He's just more charming. He's much more charming and fun, just fun to watch. Like I, I like him seeing him on screen. You know, he's a fun right. guy. He's kind of smirky. He's, he's a little an... like laissez-faire about things. Like I yeah. don't know. It's a Fun right. attitude. Well, Dan dies in reception. Um, Sarah and Nick go down to the basement because she knows there's another way to escape down there. And then we get the four minutes of midnight call. So they're still happening at this point. 
um, which they stop at a certain point for reasons that I well, do not Well, they stop understand. because we're no longer four minutes to mid, like once we're past that time. Incorrect. What? We'll get there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so <laughs> there's, there's, na- there's a Dalek in the basement. That must be the second Dalek because the Dalek that was on the first floor must have gone up to where the Doctor and Yaz are looking at Jeff's stash. Um, at this point, they find the room with the explosives that are upstairs. Um, so Nick confesses his love for Sarah in the basement, and then two Daleks... Uh, uh, oh, no, and then they get uh, they Zapped. get killed by a Dalek, and then that Dalek goes upstairs to Jeff's floor, and they corner Doctor and Yaz and yeah. kill them there. So at this point, there's two Doctors, or two Daleks, and they're... <laughs> Doing things that I don't really understand still. Like, why don't they just teleport where people are instead of teleporting to floors where no one is? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so loop five. Instead of taking the elevator, the doctor takes the stairs and meets Sarah in reception. And this is the one where he introduced this thing of if Nick dies on this loop, he will not respawn. Right. Well, if he dies within a minute, he won't respond. Okay. That's what well, Sarah. First of all, causes. this first scene takes way longer <laughs> than a minute. So even if she believed that, He'd it be would dead. be a moot point by that point. Either he would be dead or not. So this scene is two minutes long. Second of all, this scene is two minutes long, and it starts at eleven fifty-five. Where is our four minutes to midnight <laughs> phone call? Right? Yeah. So that sequence is broken for no reason in this one. Well, it just doesn't show... It um, just might not show it on screen that she gets the phone call. I mean, you don't need to show it in every loop, necessarily. No! I'm saying we see her on screen for two minutes consecutively. <laughs> yeah. So and there would have, have to be well, a yes, phone but, call but, in yeah, there. Yeah, but clearly those two minutes aren't can't act... Like, they are two minutes, but clearly within the writing logic, it has clearly to be... Clearly they can't it has be, to be like 15 because seconds. we're in some sort of hyper time, where time <laughs> is as long or as short as you need it to be. <laughs> I, I, but I'm just telling you, like, they fucked it up. Yeah. They made an error in writing that scene. They should have written it to be as short as possible... Yeah. Because knowing that this, they had to keep it under a minute in order for it to make sense. Yeah. So if the next thing is, okay, so maybe what they mean is if he dies this loop, he won't survive because maybe they're looping back to where they were in the very first loop, right? But then he would just That's the other die. possibility. But we've established that that's impossible because, <laughs> because Nick dies in this loop and then comes back. Yeah, yeah. Now, no one ever says... Sarah, you were totally wrong about that dying being <laughs> consequential thing. But if that's the case, why are there any stakes for any of these loops? You know, why does it matter how long they survive? Their plan, they need to survive you know, does one not minute each loop, like, and they need come to... to fruition through it. Well, what, what, what I would like, at least within my understanding of it, how I view it, they the stakes are uh-huh. they need to survive first of all one minute each loop, and they need to survive. That's the not final true. Loop. It's not, not. It's true. not. That's, we'll that's the logic that that's the, the logic. characters are operating yeah. under. Whether or not they it's think true. they have to survive one minute each. Loop. Yes. Yes. But but I just said that's not what they think when they're saying this thing. <laughs> I mean, I think well, you're right that the timing it, it does not work. And out. And they never say I have to survive one minute or I'll be overwritten. They never say that line. 
they say the thing that they say in this episode, which is, he dies at five till. So, you know, if he dies this time, he's not coming back. He's permanently dead. And that doesn't happen. But it's never commented on again. Well, yeah, because so, he survives past five till that time. Yeah. But they know that he has because they've been talking for two minutes. Yes, but that's that's so even if he had died because in the that time, time, that's because the not timing is not different the, to prevent the, that. The time is not the actual time. There's all like there's something you just have to. No, you can't. Yes, you, you can't can. say that. You can't. In forty two. In forty two. How think... long is the episode and how much time do they have? It's it's forty two minutes. I understand that, but it's, I'm just saying, it's, is it a thing you can ding it on? Yes. Is it a thing that? fundamentally breaks the episode it for me fundamentally breaks my my sense of what is even happening because i don't believe them when they say things your verisimilitude so, is shattered well not only my verisimilitude but just like i don't know what the rules are if they die every time 30 seconds in do they still get to go into the next loop no they don't in theory I, it's not something that's Okay, well then, why does that happen in the next loop? Because, I mean, this this is something we talk- <laughs> in the next loop. Let's 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 just go there now because yeah. the rest of this loop is kind of inconsequential. So they come they come up with the plan basically in that in that loop, um, but in loop six, so Sarah's now appearing in the same spot every time, including in the same pose, even though you know, like, it wasn't the case earlier, uh, and then. We, we see that Nick comes back, so him dying did not have any impact on his survival to the next loop in general, because in the first loop, he died at 55. But also, in, uh, in, let's see, let's see, is it this one? Yes. In loop six, it's 11.56. First of all, she does not immediately get a phone call, which is weird. Yeah. Second of all, <laughs> she immediately has a Dalek appear right behind her, which kills her in the in the elevator after turning the lights off. That happens within 60 seconds. So you can't have it both ways, Victor. You can't say the two-minute conversation they have, that's actually less than a minute. And the and the one-minute death that she has, that actually takes, like, three minutes. What I'm saying is, yes, the timing is, is, is definitely screwed up, uh, for sure. But I can... I, I can just like it's fine for it doesn't take me out of it i can just be like okay that that 15 but then seconds what are the rules that 15, is my question because i believe the rules i believe that you do have to survive a minute i i just think that 15 seconds is like what seems to be 15 seconds could be a minute <laughs> what, what what is two minute conversation you have to believe is 15 seconds <laughs> Um, it's, it's not that big of a... I mean, it's not a comic book, Victor. No, it's a comic book. It's a cartoon, you know? It really doesn't... No, it is a cartoon. A cartoon exists in time. Yeah. It, Part yeah. of the craft of making film is making sure that timing... I, I'm just saying that you see this good. all the time in movies where it'll be like, oh, there's only one minute left on the timer for the bomb to go off, and then people talk for like five minutes, and then the bomb yeah. goes off. It just doesn't... Yeah, it's but... not, it's not something that bothers me. It's something that I'm used to. But this is slightly different because it's not that. It's literally like this character is on screen for two minutes, you know, yeah. and you're saying it's one minute. Yeah, That's th- different than having a timer where it's counting down, you cut away, and, o- and only a few seconds have passed on the timer. That's different. This is like if the timer, when you cut back to it, the timer went up. <laughs> this is you know? not, it's not that <laughs> like, egregious. It's pretty similar. It is. It is if, that egregious. If people ha- are having, if, he, if like someone's dissecting a bomb and they're like, we only got 10 seconds left and then they have a 30 second conversation, that it's the same thing. 
That's I, that's I bad. <laughs> that's bad if they do that. It, it, but it's something that happens all the time. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm saying it's bad writing. I'm Is just, that not acceptable? I mean, it's it's. I just think it's like not that big of a deal. I think it's bad. I think it's okay. like it should be cleaned up. But it's but not also that bad. in an episode that's entirely about timing yeah. and the notion of having a limited amount of it, I think that's a big error. I agree. Okay, so in this loop, again, I think it's totally insane because uh, this is the loop where the doc- the Daleks turn the lights off, right? This is that one? Yes, I think so. Or yeah. Six? And, and they, they never use this plan again for some reason, <laughs> the turning the lights off plan. And Nick also, if we are to believe what we're seeing, dies also within the first minute. You know, like, I don't really understand why it would take him longer than a minute to be killed. But, like, Mm -hmm. if you have a plan where you, you as a Dalek, can spawn right exactly where one of the three groups of people is going to spawn and then kill them, why do they not do that every time? Especially if, like we established, these guys are looping back to the same location every time, not to a location one minute further where they were you know what i mean mm-hmm. like if they were appearing in a different place every time because of where they chose to go it would be understandable why the daleks wouldn't be able to predict where they were going to go right but they're going to the same place every time all right yeah. so you see my my grape yes i see your grape okay the doctor appears and explains that she cannot execute this plan in the dark for some reason <laughs> i don't know why that is i mean she's basically got a flashlight and the plan (laughs) was just wait in the basement until the daleks come down leave through the back and then blow them up yeah that was the plan okay that's fair (laughs) um like her plan also included like the other people bringing explosives down from the third floor so it wouldn't have worked but from her perspective like, she has no way to know whether Sarah and Nick's part of the plan is going to work. So right. what, you know, her plan is just to wait down there. <laughs> um, okay, on to loop seven. Now, for some reason in this one, <laughs> the, the Daleks do not all teleport to the exact same place they did last time. And they also don't shut off the lights. Yep. So I don't know what their plan is. Um, they were just like, actually, that last one was hacked, dude. The, turning off the right. lights, that's not fair to them. I mean, they can't see, you know? <laughs> so this is actually the one where... This is actually the one where the doctor, for no reason in particular, goes and looks in a box that's in front of her and says, this box is roped off. It must be explosive. <laughs> and so she opens it and is like, oh, fireworks. fireworks. They are explosive. <laughs> And it's like, well, that's extremely convenient. And also was like, you know, it was set up in a line that she said Jeff also keeps her stuff, his stuff in the basement. Yeah. But like, what's the point? So then I guess in this loop, according to your logic, Victor, she's just miming setting up. No, she, she is setting it up. And then something like I think the fact that the Daleks uh, like are starting to foil the plan is what makes her realize, oh, I have to like we're going to get foiled in the final iteration if i don't if i keep giving information away i need to stop right um okay i skipped i skipped something major because i skipped the end of loop six because i wanted to get to my point but this is the 
the Doctor and Yaz episode. Yeah, So man. let's talk about that. I great, good for them. Uh, you know, I, 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 I am like, I'm not that invested in either of these characters to be honest. But I would rather they have a romantic subplot than have nothing to like nothing to fill like the tension between them. Uh, yeah. Like, it just gives you something to get excited for. And, like, stakes going forward, like, when Yaz or the Doctor are in trouble, you'll be like, oh, no, you know, it's, it adds more gravitas to that. I I do like that Dan is just, like, this fucking, <laughs> like, Yenta, who's just like, ah, <laughs> uh, so you like her. And Yaz is like, what? Uh, no, shut up. Don't tell her anything. And right. then Dad, he immediately goes and is like, she likes you. <laughs> We've also established that he's known the Doctor no more than a week. But he's yeah. known Yaz for four years. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. But so, like, I feel like he could know that the that Yaz likes the Doctor yeah. just by the fact that she's pining over him in these holograms. But how would he know that, <laughs> that the Doctor likes her back? Like, yeah. that seems implausible to me. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's um, just really good at this. He's stuff, good. Man. He's a good, he's good at people. You know. He's he's waited too long to ask someone out before, so he yeah. knows what it's like yeah. to be pining for someone. Yeah. Okay, we got to get through this because I'm I'm sorry I'm taking so much time with this recap bit. Um, <laughs> loop seven. Uh, it's eleven fifty-seven. So we're after the phone call. We should never get phone calls again, right? Even though we skipped it the last two times for no reason. Um, so in this one, the doctor is really mean to Yaz and then apologizes. So I really yeah. don't like their relationship. It's very like abusive and one-sided. I agree. So that's was... okay. They did that with Martha, but, but I feel like it's just a retread I, of Martha. I mean, I think the doctor is generally a, a problematic figure when it comes to romance in many ways. So it, I think it's on brand. I, I, I expect a certain <laughs> yeah, level of toxicity to... between a doctor-companion romance. <laughs> but when it comes to 9 and 10 with Rose, they are very supportive of Rose as mm -hmm. a person. And they're rarely cruel or mean to her in any way. Yeah, yeah, and, that's true. Uh, that's it, true. It would be a supportive relationship, uh, except for the fact that David Tennant can't bring himself to admit that he's attracted to a you know, a twenty-something chav. chav. Like, I yeah, he's, I he's, he can't go. admit he's attracted to a chav. Could be. No. Um, I'm a time lord. Right, but like, my goodness. Right, but I think I think it's fair enough that like, and even like the doctors and River, like, it's not a healthy relationship and it's not painted as such. But you know, there's at least like something to it They're... in there trying to kill each other. You know, like yeah, yeah. No, I mean th th this this really is the. Uh... Like, because Yaz is such an ill-defined character, and she gets a little bit more defined, and this doctor is getting a little bit more defined, but their relationship is still very not that defined. Like, it's just, it. I'm glad that they're doing it, because at least it, it solidifies things, and it's also just, like, I'm glad that they're willing to touch on the doctor romantically now that she's a woman, instead of just, like, sidestepping it entirely. Uh, yeah. But it's not, like, uh, it's... You know, it's is it as good as the Doctor and and Rose or the Doctor and River or the Doctor no. and and it's like no no not really, uh, um, but you know right. it's something you know. <laughs> I mean, also like, you know, it's definitely not nothing that it's a queer relationship. Yeah 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 yeah. I mean, I, I and that's the other thing is like I they've kind of 
had a few shipping moments here and there where you could be like, oh, maybe, maybe. And, and it's good that they're fully committing to it instead of just, like, doing queer baiting. Um, yeah. I do think it's weird that, like, you know, I mean, I guess it's partially because we've mostly had female companions up to this point, but that, like, you know, we've never really done the Doctor having queer feelings for anyone else, yeah. you know. Well, the doctor. At this I mean, point, this it kind of little, seems like well, the doctor is exclusively attracted to women. Yeah, I mean, it might be. Yeah, I mean, that, sure, that's, that's certainly fine. a fair reading, <laughs> at this point, right. at least. Um, I mean, you could change it later. But, yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah, just, I mean, I mean, I think it's I I think not within the show, but just like given the history of the show, a very reasonable reading is that the, the character yeah. is attracted to f- females, considering that he almost they almost exclusively travel with young, attractive women. You know, and that's obviously. <laughs> There's a meta explanation, which is like casting and all that and keeping it uh, the formula. But, you know, if you have to justify it and rationalize it. Yeah, I would say the doctor seems to have an affinity for for the <laughs> for women. For women. Right. Um, OK, so back to this recap, the Daleks are still behaving in ways that I cannot I, I cannot understand. I mean, they are aliens, so maybe that's it. <laughs> They're but just beyond they your go... comprehension. In this one, they do not teleport in front of anybody. They let them just kind of do their plan. And then they go to storage room four, which, as far as I know, we've never been to. It's I thought it, at first it was Nick's room, but Nick's room has a different number. So it might be one of Jeff's rooms. Okay. But, like, why would you send three Daleks to a place where you don't know if anyone will be? Like, if anything, you just send one to scout it out. Anyway, they then detect life signals in the basement. Okay, why didn't they detect them before when they were going up to storage room four for no reason? Right. I don't understand. Because the all. doctor was doing ventriloquism or something. There's a there's some line like that. The doctor's doing <laughs> right, signal but, ventriloquism. But the doctor said that that wouldn't work without a trigger, and that's why we need the phone call. Yeah, I mean. No, no, no. Oh, I guess. Yeah. You might be right. I mean, look. And if they can do that again, like. Why not send their signals inside of a storage locker and then use the two minutes that it takes for them to burn through that door to carry out a plan? Um, Okay, on to loop eight. Uh, Again, the lights are not shut off. This is the the decoy loop. The, The doctor has called off the plan from earlier and said, guys, we're gonna lose this round. We're gonna do a decoy loop. And then we're going to actually do the same plan that we have had for several, several loops, loops now. Um, so, in loop eight, uh, she calls her, Sarah calls her mother instead right. of being called. Uh, so, which makes sense. What my question would be: Does the mother? Did the mother just speak to her? Mm. Now that doesn't matter. But it's a question that you cannot answer <laughs> because the rules are not clearly defined. You couldn't write your own episode in this world right. following the rules. So yeah. I'm just saying that. Okay. So she calls her mom in the elevator. The mom acts like she's never spoken to her before <laughs> tonight. Um, and they just have a little heart to heart. There's the ex-terminated scene with, Dan- <laughs> with, uh, with Nick where he yes. tricks the Dalek into blowing up his own stuff. So dumb. And he's like, thanks for the therapy. And I thought that was not very funny. No, it was um, not. But that's subjective. Um, 
And then the Doctor, Yaz, and Dan chill in Jeff's room, and they get the Daleks to admit that they have no friends, which is funny. Um, And that's just subjective as well. So, okay, final loop. So this one takes way longer than a minute, for sure. Yeah. Um, But maybe it's supposed to, I don't know. I still don't really understand the rules. (laughs) Um, So in this one, Sarah immediately gets a call from her mother. At 11.59, instead of 11.56, like the first three times. Yeah. And if it was sort of being, like, pushed forward in time, the call, why didn't she get that call the last two loops? Right. Yeah, I don't... I assumed it was the mom, like, not understanding that she wanted her to... Like, when she wanted her to call. What do you mean? Well, didn't she tell the mom, Mom, can you call us at 10 seconds to midnight, or did she not tell her that yet? That was in a previous loop, which I assume is overwritten, because she calls at the same time. Not if it happens within the first minute, David. No, but (laughs) David, there are no rules. That's the thing. (laughs) I'm trying to figure out the rules. But there aren't. Like, like you're trying to make, like... Nonsense. So what you're saying would contradict other things in the episode. You know what that. Really? What yes, you're just saying it to frustrate. No, what me. I'm saying is that no, call no, no, no. happened within one minute of the loop initiating, and so once the minute carried forward, it became canonized. That phone call became canonized for loops going forward. No, here's what really is happening. Okay, <laughs> Chibnall forgot about the phone call for two loops, <laughs> and then was like, "Oh shit." She needs to call so that Sarah can tell her to call back 10 seconds to midnight. And it needs to happen like that because I'm trying to convey that this all takes place within one minute, which it does not. <laughs> um, and so he just lost the, lost the plot, I guess. And so he just needed her to call at 11.59 for some reason. So calls at 11.59, tells her to call back, <laughs> you know... Um, I guess 50 seconds later, if she calls right at 11.59. And so she does that. Uh, Then the doctor on the elevator with Yaz goes up to Jeff's floor, does a supermarket sweep joke, gets all of Jeff's stuff into a container, goes back down the elevator into the basement, sets all the stuff up, and then the gets a call from her mom at what is supposed to be 10 seconds to midnight. Yeah. Am I correct in that? Look, David, you, yes. You're, you're telling me correct. you've never had a minute that felt longer than it should have? Okay, but she was literally on screen for two minutes. You're telling me you never had a minute that was actually two minutes? The doctor was on screen continuously for two minutes, and it's implied that there's a ton of time that she's in the elevator going up and down yeah. from the fifth floor that we don't see and also all the time loading up the stuff. So, like, there is no way this is a minute. It's preposterous that it's a minute. Right. Um, okay. So, yeah. I guess, uh, I guess they do set up this explosive. She does call. The doctor does use the ventriloquism thing and does block out their night vision which i didn't think they even established because she turns off the lights this time even though she previously said i can't do this plan in the dark dark. (laughs) (laughs) 
She was just uh, trying to trick the Daleks with yeah, that it, one somehow. Yeah. Misdirection. Um, so finally, the Doctor turns the lights off and escapes. Um, and then the da- Daleks blow up the explosives, which blows them up and also topples the building. They all get out. The end. The epilogue is that they are dating. Which is a dumb epilogue that I did. Well, it's fine because that's what the episode fine. was yeah, about. I mean, I, I would have like, I, they had built it up so much that I expected them to end up together. I know. Yeah. I just didn't want it to end there. And uh, the do- the doctor's plot resolves by saying, "Well, those Daleks were coming after me because I killed all of the Daleks on purpose." I, <laughs> I yeah. know the doctor's. Yeah, no, the Daleks are like, hey, Doctor, it was kind of fucked up how you did all that genocide. And she's just like, ooh. She's like, hey, 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 that wasn't my genocide. That was another genocide that I hijacked for my purposes and made a triple genocide, sure, instead of a double genocide. Right. But Which, you know. this is all in the text, you know? Like, yeah. it's not it's not like we're saying Chibnall doesn't know that he's doing this. It's just, I don't really understand why we're supposed to sympathize with, like, you know, the doctor being so obstinate about this and not right. taking responsibility for her actions. Right. And Especially so, yeah, when they say, so like... Many... Yeah, go ahead. Well, you know, they just, they say that her actions are catching up to her, and she says that, and it's like, yes, that's that's correct, and that's good. That's good plotting. Um, I don't know if it was initially planned, but it definitely works for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um... Okay, so I guess yeah, we've we've hit the hour mark. It's it's a long recap, but I think you guys kind of get a sense now of where I'm coming from when I say yes. I didn't like the episode. Yes, yes, I totally get it. For me, like I like Sarah a lot. Sarah is yeah, fun. I, like Sarah. I think she brings I the actors. She was fine. I thought I she was, just, was always so exasperated. Like I couldn't. She- I couldn't really connect with her character because she was always so incredulous about what's going on. I don't and, like, know. I... Why is this guy talking to me? And like, <laughs> she's you know, an, why I, do I have to work I on mean, New Year's Eve? I mean, she's an asshole, like, but that's stuff. that's like a character is gonna be she's asshole a and still be fun very asshole. I just feel like she's very one note. You know, but she, like, she when has she's an arc. scared. She's scared in this one. Well, but particular but she has way. an arc. The only scene that she's not is when she's on the phone with her mom, which is a good scene. Yeah, but she has an arc. She goes from being an asshole to being less of an asshole. You know. But yeah. she's still just as exasperated in that. Well, last yeah, because she has a, her personality doesn't change that much, but she gets a deeper understanding of like you know appreciating people. She gets a boyfriend really, yeah. who's not yeah. mooching off of her and living in her storage unit. I don't think Jeff was her boyfriend. Yeah, I think Is that Jeff was, was her implied? uncle. Jeff was her uncle, I think. Because she inherited well, the only thing that she says explicitly is employee, but I got the sense they no, were romantically no, 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 involved because she gives him so no, much leeway. No, 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 because she inherits it from. I think she inherited all that shit from her uncle Jeff, including the storage who unit. died. Yes, and who died, and that's why no. when she's talking to her mother, she's like, "Oh, the first loop." She's talking to her mother. She's like, no. "Oh, bless his heart, he was a saint." I think that's Jeff. Not Jeff. Victor, not his uncle. Not her uncle. uncle Jeff. Her uncle. Jeff is not her uncle. Yeah. Jeff is not her uncle? Jeff is Jeff is no. not dead. I, Jeff is supposed to work on New Year's. I see. The entire time I assumed it, Jeff was her uncle. <laughs> so you just have this a whole other episode that you watched. Like This is like you know the Mandela effect. Like, no. you, ha- you, you come from a different dimension where you watch a slightly different episode that like maybe was... would be more coherent, but ultimately is still the same. 
my gosh. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was a lot of like running down corridors, very Doctor Who. Yeah. It was, it was a, a lot, lot of the of Doctor giving really decent speeches and like yeah. good deliveries we and got dialogues. Decent speeches. And we got queer people, you know, Fun. finally some progression anywhere with the Doctor and any of her companions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if it's romance, I'll take it. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. just like. Just like a development of the relationship. Some kind of relationship thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I Um, agree with all that. You know, I mean, again, I like the side characters. Yeah, and I like time loops. Like, even if this was a shitty time loop that, like, Like, in the end didn't actually make any sense, it's it's fun. It doesn't make sense, but I I appreciated that he kept adding dimensions to it. Because even though he doesn't follow, like, it's not consistent (laughs) and the rules don't actually make sense when you pick on it. It's just, like, fun. Like, oh, yeah, that that is a cool, like, mechanic. Like, oh, if you die after the minute, you're dead. Or, like, oh, you, you know. That they're predicting what you're going to do, so you have to do something unpredictable. Like, do a loop that's a pure D decoy where you just he's, go the opposite of where you would want to go he's at least trying to up the ante which is more than he usually does <laughs> you right. know but i just don't think that the effort really pays off in the end personally i think i think that it's a lot of effort but ultimately the episode is still not about anything in particular no it's it has not characters cool. who have little arcs just like in you know uh just just like in uh, Saranga conundrum and it has an overarching, you know, well, yes, but sci-fi thread. But the big, I, but it's, it's not, it's not one of the it's greats. Not about it's something. not, it's not, it's not, you know, heaven sent or whatever. But it, it, <laughs> it's, it, it's much better than Tassanda Conundrum. Like the, that episode does. Everyone has their little arcs, but I just didn't care about any of the characters. This one I cared about, right. and there were too pretty much many. all the characters. There's yeah, there's too many. The, the fact that there's only five ones and like three of them we already know so there's only two new characters really let it be focused and like actually have the characters yeah. be feel like people you should care about instead of just like i'm just not gushing i think revolution That's of fine. the daleks did a lot of these things well too and i think yeah. that also where that one faltered was the logic of the plot and i think you know uh what is it robert michelson my pat, pat robertson the fake trump. trump yeah fake trump fake trump <laughs> like I think he is a cartoon character, but he's, you know, an engaging thing. I just wouldn't put this in a whole different category. I think it is one of his better episodes, but I don't think it's the best thing that he's written. And I don't think that it, I don't think that it's the most enjoyable episode he's written, even if you're like, you're enjoying some of his episodes, ironically. (laughs) Um, You know, I would go back to Santarans and I think that's better. Um, Which Santarans one? From this last season? The War of the Santar. The, the episode three. No. That's me. Alright? I'm I mean, saying what the, I like the better. Chibnall episodes that was very that I straightforward think, and it worked. The, Chibnall, the episodes that Chibnall has written that I think are, are decent in terms of his era are like the Jadoon one, which I think is really carried from the fact that it's like an inherently fan servicey premise. It's like, oh, there's another yeah. doctor. Like the episode itself, had it not been for the premise, really might not have... Like the fan service of it really might not have worked. Uh, and then... You got the Jadoon, which is like the the Santara one, which you talked about, which is a very standard episode of Doctor Who, and it's it's all right. And you have yeah. the Weeping Angels one, which is kind of fun and kind of stupid, which is kind of like this one. It's kind of fun and kind of stupid. I just think right, but the the more stupid it is, the, I, I I just I have trouble turning my brain off with him because I don't think his his dialogue is good enough. I don't think that the shot composition carries your brain, you know, in the way that yeah. like yeah yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the editing has never been great. Been. 
like it's I, hard to I guess I guess like, like the visually. thing is in terms of like an episode that's like intimate where you're meeting a lot of characters and it's all like in one setting and they're trapped and trying to escape. The the immediate comparison that my mind just went to is uh, God Complex, which is so much better than this. But again, this, right. this is just. I think this is a very solid episode that would have been solid in any era, and it's an yeah. outs. It's a it's a standout in a a Chibnall era, but it's still you know it's not <laughs> it's not one of the best episodes of Doctor Who by any stretch. But you know no. for I still think it's it's it was I'll so enjoyable. <laughs> I would watch it again. Yes, and I don't know that I would say that about any of the other Chibnall episodes he's ever written. Right. Well, I did watch this one twice, and I didn't like it either time. <laughs> so I think we should leave it at that. I guess we'll see everybody back in the spring. Ooh. Spring 2022. Ooh. Very vague. Appreciate that. Um, but, you know, someday we'll get a release date which for what will probably be an Easter special, if I could hazard a guess. Uh, that, that seems to make sense, but we'll, we'll have to wait and find out. Uh, thank you, Victor, again, for joining us as usual. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, and, if you uh, have any thoughts on your own about this episode or Russell Right, T- if you have a different interpretation back. of the rules that we are missing or want to weigh in on whether Victor's interpretation is also your headcanon, please tweet at us <laughs> at Talking Tropes yes. or comment wherever you're listening to this and we will um, see it. And, you know, we'll start a Patreon just so that, uh, you know, you can see David's notes on this one because they're extensive. Okay. Uh, See y'all later. See y'all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.